Welcome to the Trail Blazers Podcast, brought to you by the Golden Key University of Johannesburg Student Chaplain. It is a truly and special welcome to all you listeners. Welcome back, listeners, to the Trail Blazers Podcast. Today we have exciting guests, right? So I am Batobile. I am the Campus and Community Outreach Director, and I'll just hand it over to my other co-hosts to go ahead and introduce themselves. Um, I guess I'm up next. Hi guys, I'm Sino Tando Fratika, a third year become accounting student, and I'm the current professional development director for the Golden Key. Hi guys, this is Kudzanai Rujua. I am doing third year BIAC, and then I'm the current treasurer for the Golden Key UJ. I'm so happy to meet you. Uh, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be speaking with people from SciCAD. Can you guys please go ahead and introduce yourselves before we get into the questions? Daniela, would you like to start off? Yeah, I can go next. Um, hello, my name is Ganelo Seboka, and I am an intern educational psychologist here at SciCAD. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to today's conversation. Mental health, that is the space that I'm in. Um, it's the kind of space that I've always wanted to be in. So working actively this year has just yeah, exposed me to a lot of different things that I know I'll be able to cover in this yeah, today. Thank you. And hi, my name is Fundisong Dunge. I'm an intern counseling psychologist at SciCAD working alongside Ukanelo. And just as she said, quite excited to provide any information um, based on what we're so passionate about, which is mental health and kind of putting a voice to the silence that is surrounded with mental health. Thank you very much guys for introducing yourselves. For me, I'd say the first question, I mean, mental health is like a buzzword, you know what I mean? It's everywhere, there's like webinars, but I don't think people actually have a clear understanding. So the first question I'm gonna pose, um, either or you guys can answer it. Um, what is mental health, like, you know, from your understanding? Yeah, but I think, you know, mental health, you know, in the past couple of years, it has become a buzzword, but it is something that, um, you know, the more you get to have conversations with people, you get to, to see that the, the understanding is not there. So basically, mental health encompasses a lot of things. Um, it's very broad. It encompasses emotional, psychological, and social well-being as well. So it is. It influences cognition, you know, how you perceive things as well as your behavior. So then depending on your state of your mental health, you know, um, that determines how an individual handles stress, um, how they are in their interpersonal relationships, as well as how they get to make day-to-day -day decisions, as well as the big decisions. So yeah, basically mental health is sort of like this umbrella that doesn't just focus on you know, the mental side of things, but the emotional, the social, um, and the psychological is involved as well. Thank you very much for that understanding, because I feel like there was more concentration in terms of the mental, like your depression, and but as you said, there's also other aspects, it's like, you know, the, 
the mental health is like abroad. It's the same with like physical health where you have like mm -hmm. your diabetes and all of that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, what are some of the factors you'd consider that causes mental health problems? Is it family situation? Is it like school environment? What are the some of, what are things that contributes mm -hmm. to one's um, mental health problems? Yeah, so factors can be so many. They can be so many. There are a wide range of causes to mental health problems. They can stem to, you know, as early as your childhood um, experiences. So this can be childhood abuse, trauma, childhood neglect, you know, social isolation, loneliness, um, you know, growing up in society that we grew up in, experiencing discrimination, experiencing mm. stigma as well, you know, social disadvantages, stress, it can be long-term stress, especially, um, yeah, different life stresses like unemployment, domestic violence, being a victim of a crime, and there are also like physical causes as well. So for example, whenever you, you get a head injury, you know, that can alter, you know, um, the way that your brain functions, which contributes to to the mental health problem. So in terms of the causes, there are a wide range of them. And yeah, it just depends on, on what, the, what the person is presenting with that you'll be able to understand that for this particular person, the causes of his or her current mental state can be because of this factor or that factor. Okay, thank you very much. I think it's clear that, you know, most things are very, um, integrated and could trigger different things you know it's just not one is it, it not only family can contribute to one's mental health are various factors as you mentioned but what are the some what are the support systems one can actually um, utilize I mean it is um, getting access to such services in South Africa is expensive but as a student or just as ordinary South Africans you know, who maybe may, may or may not be under a medical aid scheme, what are the, some, what are the resources that they could utilize to counter attack mental health problems and intelligence that they are dealing with? And I think that's um, usually something that we say, you know, in an age where we have access to 24 hour counseling hotlines, there is that access to free mental health um, support for people in South Africa, any time of day, um, any day of the week, whether you're a student or any person in the broader community. And that's what we aim for at SciCAD, where we offer mental health support, not only to UJ students, but the broader community as well. And we offer um, telephone counseling, which is free through our crisis line. Um, we also offer online and face-to-face -face counseling for mental health related issues. Um, like depression, anxiety, stress, grief, trauma, just to name a few. Um, and for UJ students, that's a free service. And for the broader community, it does come at a cost. Um, there are also other great organizations which offer similar services to us as SciCAD, um, as you know, free services like Lifeline South Africa, SADAG. Um, there's also the ADCOG Ingram Depression and Anxiety Group which all offer free telephone or in-person counseling. Um, there are also other organizations that offer free and um, kind of paying counseling services, such as um, Sanka and POA and Twin Rivers. 
So these are like alcohol and substance abuse related organizations. Um, POA is a domestic and sexual abuse related um, organization. Twin Rivers is an eating disorder organization. And there are many other services um, that are targeted at providing mental health support. So all you need to do is in this digital age, you can Google um, and say, you know, whatever you're struggling with and maybe find an organization near you that can help provide that support. So it's always important to know that you're not alone and that there's always support out there for you. Oh, wow. Thank you. I mean, I didn't know there's so many like um, organizations, you know, as you mentioned, there's one for disorders, there's for substance abuse, you know, there's depression and anxiety. And I think people should really utilize that information because I think most of the time, you know, people do post these um, services and these resources that are out there, maybe when there's like a, you know, a huge GBV case in the country or when it's like mental um, awareness month awareness the 16 days of activism but in generally I mean that information is not pushed um, unless it's around those times but as you said you know um, we do encourage people to um, google even if you opt to pay for services you know what I mean you're not only limited to the hotlines there also are resources such as you know paying for counseling and all of that so um, if those resources maybe um, you know, telephonically counseling does not work for me. Like these resources aren't helping solve a person's problem, mental health problems. What other alternative options does a person have? Because I mean, South Africa does have, when it comes to men, high stats of men who commit suicide, maybe they have utilized these resources but still ultimately um, could not overcome the challenges mentally. Mm. Yeah, and that's such a difficult thing, right? Uh, any journey related to mental health, it, it feels such, it feels like it's such a lonely and demotivating experience, especially when someone isn't seeing the change that they're hoping to see. So, you know, there's an emphasis on kind of giving yourself that time to go through a process of healing and going through whatever you need to process um, and this will include moments where you kind of feel worse before you get better. So, you know, it's to just get as much support as you need during this process and reminding yourself that you're not alone. You can reach out to family, their friends, their support groups um, for different mental health difficulties. And there are also mental health practitioners who are out there and ready to support you in whatever way you need support. So to just speak out when you're seeing that things are getting worse um, and time is going and you're not seeing any change. So by speaking out to whoever's close to you or a practitioner, they can maybe help you figure out how or why things aren't changing and help you find different ways to cope and improve how you're feeling. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, but um, in other instances, some would say that they actually can't afford to take care of their mental health because maybe the work environment does not permit for them to, you know, be on leave or to take maybe some people may opt to, you know, um, discharge to uh, discharge themselves and put themselves in a psychiatric hospital, you know, maybe at school you also, you are dealing with these challenges, but you cannot afford to be behind with, with your work. So as much as these resources are out there, 
like for, I mean, you guys are emerging in that industry. But what are the, some of the things that you feel like would help people, you know, even in the already work, in their work life to also be able to deal with this situation? We do not have to lead them to be dire. If people feel completely worthless and helpless. Mm, definitely, you know, when real life gets in the way, um, your mental health starts to feel so much more overwhelmingly difficult right to experience so in cases like that where um, your work or your school doesn't allow for you to actually take time off or your medical aid has run out is to look for alternative means um, of getting support so for example like the 24-hour lines who offer support um, after work hours or after attending lecture hours right um so that's an example and there are also coping strategies that people can use um, to help them cope in the moment when they are feeling distressed so they can do things like maybe journaling as a way of externalizing whatever they're sitting with in that moment um their ways of you know doing breathing exercises which seem like so obvious and you know um minimal mm. but they actually do something for you in the moment and we see it in therapy spaces where you tell a client to just breathe and they will be like, oh, I forgot, you know, what it feels like to actually breathe because life gets so busy and everything gets so hectic. So to just take that moment and um, really be in that moment, be present and to breathe. Um, there are also other coping strategies that, you know, people can look out for and really if you can google how to deal with whatever you're dealing with in that moment and how to cope with that in that moment thank you very much for those solutions i think people are definitely going to find that valuable um previously we did mention some of the causes right so is there any way to prevent yourself to finding yourself to be mentally challenged because maybe there are certain triggers or factors is there any way that I'm thinking like, okay, I might be an antidepressant, but is there any way that I can prevent myself from reaching that depressive state or is it things that you generally cannot control? Mm. Yeah, in terms of prevention, you know, we wouldn't say that there's a sure way to prevent mental illnesses, you know, like you said, there's so many different causes. Some causes are in our control and some are out of our control, right? And also just factoring in the fact that, you know, there's research that has been done that some um, mental illnesses can be inherited. So if in your, in your family history, if there has been like a history of mental illness, you know, chances are, you know, you are also going to inherit it. So then in that case, you know, um, when you do find that you are dealing with, with mental health problems, with mental health challenges, it's just a matter of taking steps to control whatever it is that is being presented, right? So if it's long-term stress, just taking uh, steps to control stress, um, you know, some of the things that will be able to help you to increase your resilience and to boost your, your, your low self-esteem, for example. And that will be through utilizing the different resources that Fundi, that Fundisa has highlighted, you know, but in terms of can you prevent mental health problems, there is definitely no sure way, but then if you are experiencing yourself or if you, yeah, if you're experiencing yourself differently and you do suspect that there might be, you know, something happening with me mentally, 
you know, the next step or just to just be like taking necessary steps in order to be able to manage that. Okay, I definitely, thank you very much. I agree. I mean, like it is not preventable because you can inherit some certain illnesses from family. But I do hear sometimes people speak about generational trauma. Sometimes like, you know, as black people with um, apartheid and, you know, um, slavery, you know. But then you also mm -hmm. get people who say that um, one should actually practice being in therapy despite things in your life being in trouble, whether we can be in therapy, even when you're in a good space in your, in your life, that you know, you're able to be balanced mentally. Like, what is your opinion in terms of people who advocate for therapy in any season of your life? Definitely, I think I'm also like in support of that because as much as therapy can serve as a space of of healing, it also serves as a, as a space where people can learn, you know, how to adjust their different lifestyles in a way that they'd be able to, to manage. So for example, you know, a lot of people use therapy as a way to, to self-care, but then also in recognizing that, you know, it's not everyone who sort of like gets to have that luxury because the truth of the matter is, you know, in our context, in any context actually, Therapy is, is a service that is not easily accessible for everyone. So for people who do have that luxury where they are able to access these resources, they use it as a way to sort of like check in with themselves, right? So therapy is just a space just for you to be able to become more self-aware, to be able to become more reflective. So it's not necessarily um, a tool that should be used only to cure something, but then just to just to manage your lifestyle. So I'm definitely in support for that. To my fellow colleague, um, Usino Tando, and she will answer any further questions regarding mental health. Over to you, ma'am. Okay, thank you, Batobile. So my first question is, we know that with um, physical diseases, a person can get cured. I want to know whether a person with mental health issues ever gets cured or it's something they learn to live with. Let's say, for instance, if it's depression, because I have a sister who's who constantly gets um, depressed. And it's kind of like, when does it end? Is it something that a person learns to live with or it's just something that, that gets cured eventually? Yeah, I think that's also a very good question that comes up a lot of the times, right? Um, but for me, um, I wouldn't use the word cure per se. Um, I would use the word treatment, right? Because like we started, you know, as we're exploring the different factors that um, contribute to the causes of, of mental health problems, they can be a wide range. They can go as deep as childhood traumas. And sometimes they can be, you know, um, just based on your employment or your school. So, you know, it is something that um, can be treated and there are many different ways to treat it, just depending on um, what the person is presenting with. Some mental illnesses, they require um, medical treatment. So then I'm using um, medications because some, you know, it's a, it's a case of um, having some 
chemical imbalance in your brain. And in that case, you know, in order for us to be able to treat that medication in that instance, we've needed, right? And then there are also other different forms of, of treatment as well. Like we had discussed, therapy is one of them. Talk therapy is one of them. And just depending on what the client or the person is presenting with, there are different types of therapies that can be used in order to be able to, to treat exactly what the person is presenting with. And, you know, when we are considering um, different financial factors, we can also look to support groups. There are so many support groups that can cater to, to our needs and you'll be so surprised, you know, for the fact that mental health in some spaces is still something that is a topic that is shied away from. But then as you get to, you know, explore these different support groups, you are able to see how, how people are willing to, to educate themselves and also want better for themselves. So I would use the word treatment instead of cure. And, you know, maybe like going back to um, issues of maybe um, a person who, who has depression that comes up seasonally. So then there are different triggers to that, right? Different things can trigger um, depression. So it's just a matter of how do you treat it as it comes up? How do you manage it as it comes up? So I would definitely move away from using the word cure. Thank you very much. That was so comprehensive. Um, so what are some of the things that a person can do if they're suspecting that something's wrong with them? When you feel like you may be like experiencing mental health issues, what are some of the things that you can do? Sinatando, mm, um, and I think that first step is that awareness of yourself, right? That there's something that is worrying you. Um, and then is to break your silence, which is next. So talking to someone who you trust um, about what is so worrying about your mental health right now. Because as mm -hmm. people were tempted to kind of keep quiet and you know you need to stay strong in the hopes that things will pass or things will get better. But that only leads to kind of like a piling on of these painful emotions, these painful experiences. And you start become, behaving in ways um, that become overwhelming for you over time. So by talking, um, you're allowing yourself to kind of get the support you need, especially when you're ready for that support um, and to reach out to someone close to you and um, mental health services so that you can get professional help in processing and treating whatever you may be going through. So just as you would go to the doctor for if you know you're feeling sick, you've got the flu or any physical ailment that you have, you can also seek help um, for mental health care. And that's when you're experiencing any emotional or psychological um, issues that you'd like to kind of process and treat. Thank you very much. I completely agree with you. I know how um, piling things up um, eventually leads to, because like you end up exploding at some point. Mm -hmm. um, so moving on to the next question, what are some of the things to look for, let's say in our like social settings, if you have a friend or family, what are the indications that um, you can look for that will show you that a person is maybe suffering from mental health? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, signs of mental health decline um, can be subtle 
and sometimes they can be very obvious right and the thing is we're so accustomed to the obvious signs that we look out for so these are you know um for example you're experiencing mood changes or you're experiencing this prolonged low mood the fluctuations between suddenly you know Usinotando is happy and now she's very sad um, within mm-hmm. a short space of time or you're feeling anxious and you can feel it in your body where you know you're having shortness of breath you're sweating there's blurred vision you're dizzy um, or you're sleeping more often than not or you're sleeping mm-hmm. um, less than you were before and you're eating more or less or having suicidal thoughts So these are all things that are quite obvious, right? That we can see that, okay, this is changing how I function on a daily basis. And now my academics are being impacted. I can't work at work. Um, I'm not as productive or my social life is not as active as it used to be. So those are the more obvious signs. But it also looks like you getting up in the morning with a smile on your face. Um, You're working, you're productive, everything is going well because you're functioning properly but deep down you have Mm -hmm. these feelings of being burnt out or you're exhausted or anxious or stressed or demotivated or sad Um, and all of these are things that you know are not your usual self so by opening up that conversation to say you know what there's this thing that I'm hiding inside me Um, let's talk about my well-being and let me find a way to get help so that's where you reach out to either your therapy um, spaces or counseling hotlines if you know it's more convenient or affordable for you to just get in touch whenever you feel you're ready and you feel like you're not your usual self anymore. Um, I actually just have a follow-up question there. Sorry to cut you off, Sinotando. Um, Sometimes certain medications um, can have side effects of, you know, moody, moody depression anxiety so mm. how does one differentiate Guti? it's the it, it's me actually experiencing these challenges because of whatever um, causes or is it actually as a result of the medication because there's also a bit of gray area in terms of you know the medication or you're actually experiencing um you know those challenges mm. and i think that awareness of what side effects different medications come with will be that biggest first step to know whether it's a side effect issue or if you're actually experiencing some um, mental health difficulty, right? And by speaking to, you know, whichever practitioner prescribed that medication, they're able to psychoeducate you or educate you in terms of what is happening to you in that moment. So if it's related to any medication, the first thing you need to do is to reach out to your doctor and find out what exactly is happening rather than assuming because assumptions, yeah, are are not the greatest thing when it comes to mental health. And you can't self-diagnose as well because... Exactly. Mm. Okay, thank you very much. I just wanted to get more clarity on that. Sure. So what would um, what would you say to a person who is on a verge right now, who doesn't even know what to do, who's struggling to get up and just live? 
Yeah, I think with that one, Snotando, you know, working with um, people who are depressed, that can be very challenging because it also comes with the different stages of depression. Sometimes, you know, you are in a stage where you are so overwhelmed by your own feelings that you aren't really receptive of the help that is being offered to you or even the words that are being offered to you. So I think with um, depressed people, it's just a matter of, of patience with them because it's so, it's so different. And for them, um, what's, what's most important is, is knowing um, that the support is there. Because with depression, you know, sometimes you get so tired, so exhausted, um, lacking energy to a point where even asking for help, that alone, you know, takes a lot, a lot out of you. So mm-hmm. as long as um, the support system is there, and um, there is awareness, you know, with the people around the person who are suffering from depression, you know, you can be able to tell that, okay, this person, you know, is in this kind of stage. And when they are in this kind of stage, you know, the best approach that I can offer is in this way, because it wouldn't help to sit there with a person who is so depressed, who is um, in such a low mood, um, and that they're not receptive of anything that you are saying. So with, with anyone suffering from from any mental health illnesses, support system is very, very important. And for those who don't have access to it, I think, you know, our job, part of our job is to extend, you know, um, those resources that are available to them because it's very difficult. Um, You know, like you said, getting out of bed is a mission. Brushing your teeth is a mission, right? And just them knowing that, okay, whenever I have... um, Whenever I do get to that point where I have gathered enough strength and to be able to reach out for help and or even receive the help that is being offered, that is the the most important thing that people, anyone suffering from any mental health illness need. Okay, thank you so much. Um, That is all from my side. So I'll hand it over to Kutai. Okay. Thank you so much, Sinotando. Uh, and firstly, I would like to, to thank you so much uh, thus far because uh, I must say I'm really learning about mental health because uh, some of the things I wasn't aware uh, about them. So my first question is, uh, let's say I have a family member or a friend suffering from mental health. How can I deal with them? I think it's to remember to be compassionate um, and not forceful uh, when you're engaging with him or her, right? Um, Trust is very important in such a situation. And if you can get your family member or your friend to trust you and feel safe enough to open up to you um, so that you can help them get the help and support that they need, is a really, you know, great way of, of, of helping that person. So be understanding of the fact that your friend and family member may be going through something that they aren't really ready or comfortable to even talk about whatever they're going through. So be gentle and compassionate in your approach with them and provide them with the support by just listening to them um, whenever they're ready to open up. But if they say, you know, I'm not ready, could I to speak to you right now, um, then respect that and just provide them with any information that you feel 
may be helpful to them um, in getting any mental health support um, and trust them to say that in their time, they will reach out and they will get the help that they need once they are ready. But if you feel like there's, you know, safety issues and safety is a huge concern um, in cases like suicide or in cases like active psychosis, then you can call an ambulance um, or any counseling hotline and they will help you figure out what to do in that situation. And they will help you support the person in the moment while they come to you and help you in whatever way you need in that way, in that time. Um, so it's to just, you know, remember as well that in that moment, it might be as traumatic for you when you are helping someone with a mental health issue. So do seek support for yourself too. And do reach out and say, you know, this was really overwhelming. This was really heavy to hold space for this person because that's also okay. Yeah, thank you so much for, for such a comprehensive answer. It really helps. Um, I'm moving on to my second question is, uh, how can university stress, especially during uh, exam periods where students tend to, to, to get overwhelmed with their academics? How can that university stress contribute to depression and anxiety? So university students go through tests and assignment submissions that are really tight deadlines, right? Um, and we all know as students, we've been through that stressful situation. And those are high stress kind of events. And they're high stress because they can determine whether you're progressing or you're failing. And this is your future. So this can contribute to you feeling a low mood or feeling anxious. Um, which is very, very normal, right? If the stress starts persisting and you're not managing the stress, it can then become prolonged and it becomes overwhelming. And this can then contribute to the development of depression and anxiety. So this is when it, it like moves away from that kind of normal anxiety and the low, normal sadness that you feel after you know, writing a test and failing it or needing to meet a lot of submissions in one go. Um, so once that happens, it's important for you to kind of manage your stress so that you prevent it from becoming overwhelming. And you can do things like self-care, um, so you can relax through med meditations and breathing exercises, um, finding ways to improve your mood, like eating your favorite food, doing your favorite activities, watching a series, or doing things just to keep your body kind of healthy and balancing out that stress hormone that's eating away at you um, by either eating healthy or exercising. So yeah, it's also very important to kind of let go of this guilt that comes with resting. Um, because as students, we feel so guilty when you're resting because you've got a submission again tomorrow, but that leads to exhaustion. And then you're not as productive as you were before and then you just become stressed. And then it's a cycle, a vicious one as well. So yeah, it's just an awareness of how the stress can lead to depression and anxiety. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really true because uh, it's making a lot of sense to me because I can sometimes relate when I, I feel guilty of not studying and, and I have an assignment which is true. So yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, 
my next question is um how do i deal with someone for example uh, those people who are too controlling or someone who who tells me what to do how can i deal with those kinds of people because sometimes that might lead to uh, to my mental health uh, it might lead to mental health issues how can i deal with those kinds of people Yeah, with that one, Kuzai, um, you know, we, the relationships that we have with people, um, especially the significant relationships that we have with people, sometimes they can be the ones, you know, who are contributing to, to our mental health challenges. And in, in that case, it's just a matter of, you know, like um, Fundisa did allude to the fact that self-awareness is something that is very, very, very important in all of this, right? Just, just being able to, to check in with yourself and say, okay, this is something that I can accept. This is something that I can't accept. This is what's affecting my mental health. And this is not what's affecting my mental health. And from that point, from that place of self-awareness, you are able to, to know what kind of emotional boundaries you are gonna to have to set with the relationship in your relationships with the significant people in your life. So then I think, you know, um, just from, from that point, it's just a matter of, of communication, you know, because sometimes the way we relate to each other, um, sometimes you don't know how, to what extent we, we are affecting, you know, each other's mental health. So just having that open line of communication and sometimes making your emotional boundaries clear, you know, that this is something that I can take, this is something that I can't take. And from that point, it's just a matter of, forming that trust, you know, with the people around you and just developing that sense of, of respect. And for the fact that I know that Kudai, you know, when I when I do this or when I say this, this triggers something in him. I can only know that if you, um, you know, are able to communicate that to me. So then just being able to, it comes from a place of taking your mental health seriously as well, you know, when you have gotten to that place of awareness that, okay, this triggers me, then you feel out of wanting to protect yourself you are then able to communicate that okay you know this is what I can take and this is what I can't take and then that just comes you know with with um yeah just looking after yourself and yeah just knowing that some things I I can do some things I can't do and then from that point just having that um yeah open communication with with the people who are around you yeah thank you so much about that so it's all about um setting boundaries for yourself and yeah. know which things you can accept and know which ones you cannot accept as an individual so uh, my last question uh but not the least question is um what do you suggest as being the best way to improve someone's uh, mental well-being so just to emphasize what I had said before about self-care, right? Um, it seems quite, oh, don't, it's so obvious, of course, um, but really actually doing it because sometimes we know these things, but we actually don't do them. Um, so by doing things like finding ways to relax and release the stress or whatever emotion it is that's so overwhelming for you in the moment, um, by becoming aware of that emo the emotion, first of all, um, naming it and say, this is how I'm feeling. 
and meditating on it and breathing um, exercises. There are great um, videos on YouTube on how to do these things. So if you are able to and have the access to things like this, you can just Google and find videos that will help you through such exercises. There are also things that improve your mood um, and your well-being by, you know, eating your favorite food, but also eating healthy at the same time, um, exercising and doing activities that you like, um, and just being kind to yourself, because sometimes we're so harsh and we have really high standards that are really overwhelming and stress us out and make us anxious and make us sad. So it's just to remember to be kind to yourself. And in this digital age, if all else fails, Google and find what would work for you, but always, always do. And yeah, that may be helpful for you. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we really should be very kind to ourselves so that we can have a, a good mental health. Mm, that's it from my side. I'll be passing over to Miss Batobile. Um, thank you so much, guys, for your time. I definitely think that our listeners have found this valuable. I think for me, my biggest takeaway would definitely to break the silence, you know, first of all acknowledge everything as you feel it and also really utilize the resources that are out there you know and as you said if you do not know truly just you know google the government also has hotlines and also the university of course does offer such services so can you guys just um any closing words from your side and another thing i just want to ask you to just please tell us some of the hotlines um, again, and also the social media pages for SciCat that um, usually um, students have access to. So, yeah. All right. So some of the um, hotlines that you have access to as UJ students, we have the crisis line um, and the number is 082-054-1137. And there is also Lifeline South Africa who have a toll-free number which is 0861-322-322, as well as SEDEG, which also has a toll-free, which is 0800-12-13-14. There are other different organizations that have different numbers as well, like SANCA, Alcoholics Anonymous, and NA. If you are battling uh, with any alcohol and substance abuse um, difficulties, if you know someone or you are someone who is experiencing any domestic and sexual abuse, reach out to POA and Rape Crisis, and they are very much willing to offer their 24-hour crisis lines um, to help you out. They also eating disorder lines um, like Twin Rivers and Eating Disorder South Africa. Um, and yeah, many other services that we're hoping to email to you, Batobile and Sinotando and Kudzai, just so that you can share with your listeners um, in terms of what they can access. And you can also access us um, on Instagram um, at SciCAD. And yeah, that's where you can find yeah. us. Yeah, and just to add on that, um, we also have a Facebook page, um, it's SciCAD at UJ. So then for students who don't know um, the kind of services that SciCAD offers, just going onto that page, they do, you know, post and some information that you'd find also very valuable will be available on there. 
Hey, thank you very much um, for your time once again. And yeah, guys, it has been a very fruitful discussion. So we've learned a lot. Um, any last words from Sino Tando and Kuzi? Uh, nothing from my side. I just want to thank, say thank you guys for your time. It was really helpful. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, there's definitely nothing besides um, thanking our guests. We really appreciate your time and we have really learned a lot. Thank you very much. If you have made it this far, thank you for tuning in and listening to the Trail Places podcast. Please do subscribe, share and leave us a review for more content.